Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz, here in Indianapolis, Indiana. I am back home in Indianapolis. Good to be back uh, recording here on the First and Ten Podcast. More football, another week, week nine. We've already made it. Crazy season, uh, and it's only going to get crazier. A lot of big games this week, uh, certainly two gigantic games in the Big Ten, Michigan and Michigan State, as well as Ohio State and Penn State. And coming to me live from Buckeye country, Columbus, Ohio, it's Reed Murray. Reed, what's going on? Patrick, it's a special week. I got to see Ohio State play in person last week, and I get to see him again this week, this time in Columbus. Always a special week when I'm in Columbus, and also it's mm. a special time of the year when Ohio State's playing Penn State. It's always something to look forward to around Halloween weekend time. And that sort of leads us into our trivia question. It's an Ohio State-related, Ohio State-Penn State-related trivia question. And then we have a second one, which is Michigan-Michigan State-related. Because one of them is you kind of have had to listen to the first and ten before. Right. <laughs> uh, you have to have listened to a couple specific episodes. So one is more legitimate trivia, and the other is first and ten fun trivia. But the first trivia question, um, in 2017, at the Ohio State-Penn State game, we, we did an episode last year with my dad's buddy, Nar who went to this game, and in the first quarter, he had had enough, he left the stadium, and he went to which establishment in Columbus, Ohio, to drink beer and watch the rest of the game? What is the name of the restaurant where he went after the stadium <laughs> with all of his frustration and sorrow, and that eventually turned into elation? I thought it was good luck. Yeah, Ohio State did win. That's true. Trivia question number two. Obviously, the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry is an intense one. That's one that's historical in the state of Michigan. What was the score of the worst beating in the history of that rivalry? What was the most lopsided score in the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry? And in what year did it take place? Obviously, I'm not expecting anyone to get this, these numbers exactly right. That'd be a pretty astonishing guess. You think you know the answer to it? We didn't talk about this. I don't know the answer. No. Yeah. Pat does know the answer to the NAR one, does not know the answer to this one. Let's just do your guess just for fun. What's, what's your guess? Uh, 72 nothing. Um, I'm not going to give away how close that is. Um, what year do you think it took place in, though? So, like, 1932. All right, we will see how close you were at the end of this episode when we reveal it. But now let's get into some football. Let's get into some football. Um, let's start with some of the early ones uh, here, looking at the early slate. Certainly the big noon kickoff game, Michigan, a four-and-a-half-point road favorite over Michigan State. I think one of my things to watch for this week is the running back battle here in this game because we all know what Michigan State's running game can do. When they get rolling, they're unstoppable, and it all comes down to that man, their number nine, Kenneth Walker. This guy is a true Heisman contender. Um, listen, he might not have had the, you know, two, he's had a couple down games, I think, you know, the Indiana game and the Nebraska game, but the ups are so high right now. It's, it's just impossible for me to, to see him staying down for too long. You know, even though he, he did struggle against IU, um, I think he bounces back big time this week. And I mean, Michigan, <laughs> And then on the other side of the football, Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins are absolutely carrying the Michigan offense. I've seen some statistics going around this week that Cade McNamara has been serviceable, but he has some serious flaws in his passing game. This is going to be a battle of the running backs. And I think this is certainly something to watch for this week. I don't know if we're going to see a better battle of running backs at all this season. 
than Blake Corum versus Hassan Haskins. Uh, this is going to be a fun one, and I certainly am excited too. Which running back, you know, group, I guess it's really a group of one at Michigan State, is it going to be uh, Walker or is it going to be Haskins and Corum? Both sets of running backs, or singular running back and a set of running backs. I'm not sure how to phrase it. Point being, Michigan State and Michigan have both ran the ball exceptionally well this season. The question being, at this point, who's going to outrun the other? I think that's going to determine the outcome of the game. I think four and a half is a lot of points for Michigan on the road. I don't know. Uh, number five and number six in the country. This is, this is or six and seven. Uh, six and eight. Six and eight. Excuse and eight me. I'm that. thinking of my own personal rankings. I think I had them five and six. Um, yeah, this is going to be incredible regardless. Um, this should be a lot of fun. Rivalry, you know, the trophy is in East Lansing right now. Game's in East Lansing. Um I'm not sure really if there's a chance, you know, this game is a blowout either way. I think it's going to be close no matter who wins. I think both teams have a real shot to win. Part of me really wants to pick Michigan State because I think they're the home team. I think they're being undervalued. Um, and I think they've got the better – I think they, the defense – the defenses are about equally good. Maybe Michigan's got a little bit better of a defense. The quarterbacks are about, you know, I don't know if I would say – equally bad because I think Peyton Thorne is worse than Cade McNamara. I don't think Cade McNamara is particularly good. And I think Michigan State, in where it matters most, both these teams are running football teams. Michigan State's got a huge advantage running back in my mind. As good as Hassan Askins and Blake Corum are, uh, they aren't Kenneth Walker. They aren't number nine. So there are a lot of things telling me Michigan State should win this game. Plus, given that in a matchup where I don't think this was too even, shouldn't have been on paper last year, this wasn't an even matchup, Michigan should have won this game. Michigan State won anyway. Michigan State won this game anyway. They've got momentum. They have the win last year. They've got Paul Bunyan on their sideline, and they're undefeated. Both of these teams are undefeated. I think both teams have a real shot uh, to get a huge win here, a win that could, you know, boost them as a New Year's Six team, maybe, you know, God forbid, a playoff team. Uh, <laughs> you know, that – God, what are the odds on that? You know, Michigan or Michigan State in the playoff. You tell me that in preseason, but – both teams have a really good chance here, I think. I think both teams should like their odds. These are two really evenly matched football teams. I can't figure out who to pick. Screw it. Michigan State, 27-24, uh, uh, a little higher scoring than I think either of these teams are used to. But I think I think both these teams like a lower scoring game as those running style defensive football teams but I like Michigan state here by a field goal. Uh, that's my pick. I think they definitely cover. For this one, first of all, I'm just going to say, I anticipate this being one of the all-time Michigan state, Michigan classics. Oh, agreed. This is awesome. I mean, they, the stakes cannot get much higher than this. You're playing for Michigan state, your arch rival. And for Michigan, I mean, this isn't your arch rival because I mean, this is, I would say, your biggest rival, I would say, for Michigan, because Ohio State's not a rival. That is a different stratosphere of game. That goes beyond, you know, a simple rivalry. Um, that game is life and death. This is a rivalry. It doesn't get much bigger than this with, you know, two teams who are undefeated this stretch in the season who are both exceeding expectations, college game days in town. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, and I think especially because I think, you know, we've seen some pregame antics between these two teams before in recent years. I think this is a game that's not going to require any sort of 
stomping on the midfield logo or jarring pregame nonsense. I think the play on the field is going to speak for itself. I think both teams are going to come in knowing they have to take care of business because, you know, in recent years when Michigan State hasn't really been the cream of the crop, they've sort of had to resort to um, trying to bring intangible sort of motivation factors into the game and trying to get under Michigan's skin. I think this is a game where, you know, both teams have too much to lose to be worried about any sort of nonsense like that. I think they're both going to just be focused too much on their football, which I think is going to make it a better game in the long or, you know, in the end, I think it comes down to, I'm, I'm going to go to your formula that you use Patrick for big games we where go. we talk about home field advantage, coach and quarterback, but for quarterback, I'm going to sub out, I'm going to sub quarterback for, you know, biggest contributor, because obviously, like you said, it's going to be a running football game. Neither of these two teams are prolific passing offenses. So it's much more appropriate to judge them by the quality of the running backs. Clearly home field advantages for Michigan state. I will also say Kenneth Walker, but both teams great on offense. I'm going to go with Michigan's running attack with Kenneth Walker. I'm going to give them the edge there. I kind of like Tucker over Harbaugh as a coach, honestly. I think that's a close call. I think that's a really close it's, call. They're, they're all pretty close calls. Well, uh-huh. not home for the advantage. The other two are pretty close calls, mm-hmm. but I think I give Michigan State the slight edge in all of them. Um, now, with I the think- Harbaugh question – I think both of these coaches have been outstanding this season. Harbaugh has really impressed me this year, by the way. Um, I think all questions about him being in the hot seat should be removed. I kind of agree with you, though. Tucker, I think, has been even more impressive because Michigan's got the talent. Michigan State does not have the talent of a top six team or a top ten team or whatever, um, and yet they're performing like one. It's been an incredibly impressive job, and we'll see if Mel Tucker sticks around at Michigan State. Obviously, those LSU rumors are floating around, but um, will he pull Saban and go down south to LSU from MSU? But uh, certainly he's impressed a lot this year. And you know why I like MSU in this game? Um, beyond having Kenneth Walker, who's certainly should be on at least somewhere in a Heisman ballot by the end of the season, uh, assuming he keeps up the production he's had so far. Michigan State and Michigan are entering this game as, as two different teams. Michigan State has, le- has had to learn how to be gritty. This is going to be a gritty football game. It's going to be a, you know, low scoring, defensive, run the ball, gritty kind of game. It's going to take a lot of heart. It's going to take a lot of strength and perseverance. There's not going to be many flashy plays in this game. And Michigan State has had to learn how to win that way, or at least how to compete that way. You know, last year, new head coach, not the most high profile recruits on the team. They pulled out wins against Michigan and Northwestern. They know how to win a style of game like this. They know how to, you know, they know how to win games when the five stars are not on their team. And now they have some, some more top players. They have Kenneth Walker. I really like Jalen Naylor uh, and the rest of this wide receiving core. So, and, and Peyton Thorne also Peyton Thorne, obviously he's, he's not a top quarterback quarterback in this conference, but he's been serviceable, which is not something you could say about him last season. And of course you can't fault him for that. It was his first ever season as a college football quarterback. He didn't get many snaps, but he's looked better than, I think you or I expected going into the season. So that's a a pleasant surprise for Michigan State. Michigan State had to learn how to win games like this where they have to fight it out and and rely more on their heart than their play on the field. So when you combine those two things together, when they have the heart and the sort of star power, I like Michigan State in a close one here. I'm going to go with a 20 to 16 field goal fest in Michigan State's favor. I think both teams are going to have lots of good, you know, long drives. I think it's going to be a a struggle to punch in the end zone. I think Michigan state will end up winning the battle, but it will definitely come down to the end. It'll come down to the last few possessions. 
should be an exciting one. Great big noon kickoff game. I I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna be watching this game from Roosters in Columbus on Saturday, and I'm just so excited for it. I'm gonna Shout be out Roosters. this one. I'm gonna be watching this one either from my car or probably I'll be the passenger. Um, or from a hotel. <laughs> yeah, I'm not watching and driving, folks. I don't recommend that. Please keep your eyes on the road. Um, or from a hotel or hotel lobby in uh, in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, I will be going to Notre Dame, North Carolina this week. Not a Big Ten game, but uh, my first time in Notre Dame Stadium. That should be a fun one. 7.30 kick, so unfortunately I can't watch the late night Big Ten games, but I'll make sure to catch up Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, all that good stuff. Um, I'm with you, though. MSU in a close one's my pick. I could totally see this one going either way, though, Reed. This is going to be a fun, 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 fun game. Now, let's talk about some less fun noon games. Uh, I think we should just try and, and run through uh, the rest of these real quick before we get to the real meat of this discussion, which I think is Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, let's blow through some of these worst games. Indiana and Maryland. Uh, Maryland's six-point favorite. Uh, for the Hoosiers, we don't know who the starting quarterback's going to be. Obviously, against Ohio State, Jack Tuttle throws a touchdown to Peyton Hendershot. On that play, he goes down. Later, he does come back into the game, but takes another hard hit, doesn't throw the ball, um, and he never came back. We haven't really heard anything about his status this week. All we've heard is the depth chart the team released that said the starting quarterback will be Michael Penix Jr. or uh, Jack Tuttle or Donovan McCulley, a real uh, Pat Fitzgerald move there from Tom Allen and, and staff. but. Um, it seems like Donovan McCauley is going to be the starter. We saw some Donovan McCauley, the true freshman from Lawrence North High School, a guy I've talked about in this program before, as a quarterback, I think has a ton of potential for Indiana. And the guy I'm excited to see play, I just think he's getting thrown to the wolves a little early. I don't think he was really supposed to play a ton this year. He's still a guy I think can be really successful down the line, but I don't know about this season. And we did see some Grant Gremmel last week too, a fifth string walk-on quarterback. You know, Dexter Williams, I would say, uh, the sophomore redshirt freshman, I believe, uh, is the um fourth string but he tore this ACL in preseason I would say McCauley's third um Grant Gremmel walk on fifth uh shout out to the Gremlins all of the Grant Gremmel fans that's my new name for the Grant Gremmel fan club the Gremlins I really hope that catches on if he plays again but if you're an Indiana fan uh no offense to Mr. Gremmel I hope I don't think you want him to play again because when your fifth string quarterback is playing something has gone horribly wrong and this season plenty of things have gone horribly wrong for the Indiana Hoosiers who are sitting pretty at two and five. Uh, this is not a game I expect Indiana to win with a true freshman at quarterback, more than likely, assuming Tuttle's not the quarterback. If Tuttle's the quarterback, I think Indiana can totally win this game. I think Indiana can even win this game with Donovan McCauley at quarterback. Um, it's entirely possible he has a great performance, but I don't know. I mean, he's a true freshman playing in Big Ten football, um, but if there's a defense you want to play against with your true freshman quarterback, it's Maryland. But even beyond that, this is still not an offense designed around his skill sets. He's a mobile quarterback. He's a dual threat. He can throw the ball, but he's a dual threat. That's his thing. Um, this is designed more around the pocket stylings of Michael Penix Jr. and Jack Tuttle. So I don't trust Nick Sheridan to mold the offense around Donovan McCauley. I don't trust Nick Sheridan to do anything. Um, I don't trust the Indiana offense, you know, to do anything ever. Uh I'm not going to take Indiana in this game as much as I, it pains me to, because I think they are the better team here. Um, when you're playing a true freshman at quarterback, as good as I think this true freshman is, I've said, God, I've said true freshman how many times. I don't think you're going to win. I, th I just think you've got a really bad shot. I, 
he's got no experience. It, it would really surprise me if Indiana goes in and pulls off a win because I think these two teams all in all are pretty even. Neither of them have looked particularly impressive for most of the season. Um, is this post-September Maryland, so anything's possible. They could very well lose this game. But Indiana's on the road. Um, I think Indiana's got, uh, you know, I always look, coach, quarterback, home field advantage. It's not like Maryland has much of a home field advantage, but they have the home field advantage and they don't have to travel. Um, so there's that. Indiana's definitely got the coaching advantage by far, at least. Allen, I think, is a better head coach. I think Nick Sheridan almost negates that all by himself and Darren Hiller as well. Um, and then quarterback. Uh, if it's Tuttle, I think Indiana's even um, with how Tungvalu has looked in October. But if it's McCauley, I think Indiana's at a disadvantage, purely out of experience. Maybe McCauley surprises. I really have high hopes for him. I think he can be a great quarterback. I just don't know if he can be a great quarterback right now as a teenager. You know, I got to say in this one, and I think I talked about this on our recap from Bloomington, I feel kind of bad for McCauley because he, his first ever college. He the Wolves, yeah. He was, it, that, that, that game against Ohio State was probably the hardest game he'll ever have to play because when you think about it, he's playing against, first of all, Ohio State with a weak offensive line against one of the best defensive lines of the country. He's got you know, a wide receiving core that hasn't lived up to expectations. You often talk about the offensive play calling and the way the offense is designed. It's not a deal for a quarterback. So he has had the biggest challenge of his career already. Now, contrastingly, he's going up against Maryland. It's still going to be a challenge because a lot of those problems are still there, but we're talking about the Maryland defense here. So McCauley, I think, has the potential, if, he, if he's the quarterback in this one, um, to surprise, to, to sort of have, have a bounce back bounce back week and I also just think Indiana going into the season clearly we didn't expect them to be at two and five even if we expected them to, to drop some games we didn't see a two and five Indiana season coming and you look at two and five that's a pretty horrible record to have but Indiana I still think is a better team than two and five would indicate their defense is just too good I think to lose a sixth game this early and I feel I, I feel like I'm cursing Indiana by picking them here because Every time I've picked them this season, they've lost. But to be fair, they also have lost when I've picked against them. I think. Well, actually, I think no, I picked, you just got to lose a lot regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I shouldn't say every single time because I didn't pick them against Idaho and they beat Idaho. You picked them against um, WKU. Yeah. yeah so that, that's actually a, 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 a non-factual statement by me, and I apologize. But I have picked them on multiple occasions this season. They've lost on multiple occasions. So I feel like I may be sort of cursing Indiana by saying this. But I just feel like Indiana is too good of a team to lose this many games this early. And you, you look and yet, at the schedule, and yet they're the two five, five teams they've lost who have all been in the top ten at some point this season. That's an incredibly yeah. hard schedule, and the record doesn't reflect the kind of team they are. I still think Indiana can come and get it done. I'm going to go with Indiana. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's say 31 to 24. Should be actually 31-27. I think it'll be a nerve-wracking game for Indiana. I think they can pull it off, though. I'm going to take Maryland 22-21. to That would be the most Indiana football loss of all time if they found a way to lose this one by one point. Eh. Are you saying yeah. that – are you actually – that wouldn't be of all time. I think the Ole Miss one is one of the most Indiana football losses of all time. No, the Tennessee one is much more. Tennessee, Tennessee is 100 times worse than Ole Miss, trust me. But, um, I've lived through these, Reed. Don't, you are you saying that – <laughs> What's going to happen is, is Indiana is going to be up, say, 21-14. Maryland scores a touchdown, and they go for two and win it. 
No, what's going to happen is uh, Indiana's going to score garbage time, something. And uh, mm. yeah. How does Maryland get 22, though? Indi- Maryland. Find a way. Maryland. Yeah, they find a way. Um, the uh, what's gonna happen? Goals? I could see Indiana's that happening. Maybe down by nine late, and uh, they're gonna get eight, <laughs> and then they're gonna go for the onside, and they're not gonna get it. That's my guess. That's the best thing I can give you. I don't think they're gonna win this game. I mean, it's 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 a it's not that they're the worst team. It's just there are a lot of things playing against them in this game, and I think if if they do lose this game, I think there's a non this is not me having any insider information don't aggregate this this is my pure speculation it wouldn't shock me i don't think i just got a weird feeling that if that uh, nick shared and i think if they lose could get fired after this game i mean just given the way they looked on offense if it i can see that i thought you were about to say tom allen i was gonna say are you no tom allen is yeah i was about to say he's not the problem with this team tom allen is doing his best he's doing his best he's not the issue um I have a lot to work with. Tom Allen's not the issue. This, this, no. Tom Allen just got a gigantic extension. Any and all people who insinuate anything, even along the lines of Tom Allen should be on the hot seat or Tom Allen should be fired, should shut up immediately because you're dead wrong. He just got a gigantic extension. I mean, honestly, <laughs> Indiana overachieved last season. That's a fact. And if they can get anywhere close to that again, you need, I mean, what are you going to do? Fire a guy year after that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah, if Indiana wants to get back, he's going to be the guy to do it. Um, and his best recruiting class isn't even on campus yet. His best recruiting class is 2022, and there's a decent chance that 22 class only improves from here on out. Tons of really good players in there, um, and there are tons of really good true freshmen right now who, like McCauley, just need some time in the oven to, to get better. And, uh, you know, by the time they're sophomores, juniors, can be real key contributors to this team. Now I think it's too early. I, I think Allen does still have this team moving in the right direction, you know, in spite of this season. They've played the hardest schedule in the country. I don't think it's really – I mean, there are things that need to be fixed about this team if they want to win. But I don't entirely blame them for not winning given who they've had to play. So if you're ready to move into the next game, yeah, let's I move think, on real quick. Yeah, I think we need to to uh, sorry for the stop prolonging the inevitable and get the Rutgers Illinois. Okay, let's do some really quick picks. Okay, quick, yeah, quick, right. quick score. Okay. Here. I'm gonna go Rutgers 17-10. Uh, I'm going to go Rutgers uh, 17-13. I think it's just gonna be too hard for Illinois after that huge win to, to come in and. Play a team like because Rutgers is still solid. They've they've dropped a few games. They're especially still with, solid. Uh, especially with the injuries at quarterback. I don't trust Illinois. All right, next game we're moving rapid fire here. Iowa Wisconsin. I think this is a horrible game. Um, I know Wisconsin just got a big win against Purdue, um, and Iowa lost to Purdue. Wisconsin is a three and a half point home favorite. I think that's horrible. That is disgusting. That's an absolutely disgusting line. Hammer Iowa. Uh, give me the Hawkeyes here. Uh, Twenty seven to thirteen. Give me the Hawkeyes thirteen ten. Oh my Disgusting, low-scoring Iowa-Wisconsin. <laughs> this is going to be the epitome of Iowa and Wisconsin football. Yeah, I think uh, I'm only giving. I'm giving a thirteen ten for the brand. I'm giving. Uh, I'm giving Iowa fourteen off of pick sixes. Fair enough. <laughs> I actually could see this one turning in similar to the Notre Dame game, ending up being something like thirty-one thirteen. 
uh, if they get some late pick sixes, nonsense like that. Similar but to, to just Iowa's for the sake of Iowa. To Iowa's win over Indiana, where turnovers just completely altered the outcome and made it look a lot worse than it actually was, even though it was pretty bad. All right, anyway, next game, Minnesota-Northwestern. I don't think we need to talk a ton about this. Kind of, you know, not a great game. Northwestern really struggled this season so far. Um, Minnesota, 5-2 and two out of nowhere. Their two losses, they can't beat anybody from the state. Oh, they did beat Miami, Ohio. But other than that, they're 1-2 and two against teams from Ohio. So, you know what? They're not playing an Ohioan team this week. Uh, you know, and two very different Ohioan teams, Bowling Green and Ohio State. You sound uh, like a rambling Lee Corso right there. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I, uh, I'm trying. I know that's my. I'm rap- so fast, my friend. My basis for rapid fire going through games is game day, so <laughs> I think that's what I'm doing in my head. Uh, give me Minnesota here, uh, thirty-one to ten. That's, that's I was just about to say thirty-one game. fourteen Gophers, but I, just for the sake of being different, I'll say twenty-eight fourteen. Gophers. I like the Gophers thirty-one to ten. That's the best course I can do. Is, is that good or is that horrible? You gotta have a pencil in your hand. Yeah, no, that's what I was doing here. That's what I was, I was oh, doing. okay. Yeah, I think it was just the fact that you didn't physically have a pencil that threw me off. Anyway, uh, do I have a pencil? Game. Purdue, Nebraska. I have a marker. Um. <laughs> All right, Purdue, Nebraska. Pick. Purdue, Nebraska. A, a, you know what's um, great? Oh my god, another crazy line here. Nebraska is an, a seven and a half point. Are three. you kidding me? These are the same guys they just ranked in the top 25. Uh-huh. Yeah. ESPN's got Nebraska with a 74% chance of winning. I mean, I get that they're at home, but goodness. I'm going to say. Fun stat uh, of the day, Aiden O'Connell has more picks than he does touchdowns in the season. That's kind of bizarre. Right, bro. Uh, Seven TDs, eight INTs. I guess the question is, well, there's a reason he isn't the only quarterback Purdue plays. I'm taking Purdue here. Um, I'm taking Purdue 27-24. Actually, I want to go with something similar. Yeah, I, I, 30, I, this one, give me 31-28. 31-28, Purdue. Here's my crazy prediction of the week. Hit me. This one will be another triple overtime and beyond shootout. I'm going to say it ends in regulation 24-24. I'm going to say both teams get three points to the first two overtimes. I think they both fail to score it all in the first. Then they get a field goal in the second. It'll be 27-27 going into the shootout. I think its final score will be 31-29 Purdue in a triple – or no, in, in a quadruple overtime game. Quadruple. Ooh, I like it. If this it's game goes to quadruple overtime at all, even if I get the score game wrong or whatever, um, I don't know what I'm going to do. This this would be the next level uh, – this would be a next level first man. This would be next level. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we will cross that bridge when we get to it because we're going to get to it. We're going to make this happen. All right, Reed, last game of the day. Ohio State, Penn State, Buckeyes 18 and a half point favorites. That's a lot of points, but Ohio State's been playing incredibly well recently. This game's in the shoe. You're going to be there. Reed, the floor is yours. Please get all of your thoughts out. Go. <laughs> you are just begging and begging for me to make some kind of point on here about why Ohio State's going to win this game big and have me jinx my team while and ruin no, my I'm not. I swear I'm not. I can, I can feel it coming. Um, but no, in a completely unbiased and unjinxing way, Ohio State is the better football team in this game. They're at home. The crowd is going to be rowdy. It's a it's a night game. Of course, it, the conditions aren't going to be the best. It's going to be raining and cold and perhaps windy. So 
it might be a little bit miserable inside the shoe, but you know how Ohio State fans come for games like this. Um, they're not going to let that daunt them. So the crowd will definitely be a huge factor. Ohio State on the field is the better team. I think Ohio State could play a – I think Ohio State could play not their best game and still win here by, a, a, you know, a possession and a half, uh, you know, or one or two possessions. I think if Ohio State puts on their best performance and is the best we've seen, if they do, if they play with the same intensity and the same skill level that they did against Indiana last week, I think they could win this game by 28 points. That's just my assessment of, of these two teams. Penn State, this one, it feels similar to the Ohio State Wisconsin game in 2019, where Wisconsin comes in. Um, two weeks before the game, they're undefeated. They're looking like a great team. They're in the top 10. They lose to Illinois last second, and then they head into the shoe on a rainy day in the middle of the season and just get the floor wiped with them. Lots of sort, lots of elements are sort of lining up similarly in this one. Penn State comes in, in this game. Of course, they had a loss. They weren't undefeated before the Illinois game, but they were, had a great resume, lost to Illinois on the last second. They're coming into the shoe. I feel like Ohio State could dominate them because you just look at the way Ohio State, they just cut through the Indiana defense like a hot knife through butter. And the Indiana defense is a pretty strong one. People are going to say Penn State is a great defense. They do. But I don't think it's that much better than Indiana's. And I really like what Ohio State did. It just looked so effortless the way they just bullied Indiana. I think they can do something similar in this game. It, the, the offense is just, I just don't care how good a defense you are. The offense just has too many layers to it. And, you know, Trey Van Henderson and the passing game, obviously the two things. I think we might not have to see it in this game. I think at some point if C.J. Stroud can become a true dual-threat quarterback and really be effective on the ground, Ohio State will be unstoppable. If he can run a good read option or if he can learn when to scramble and pick up 10 yards on his feet when he doesn't have a passing option open, which to be fair is rare because he has some terrific receivers, but – when he's not seeing an option, if he can learn how to run and pick up significant yards, this Ohio State team is going to be next level, one of the best Ohio State offenses we've seen in a while. That's saying something we've seen some terrific Ohio State offenses in recent history and just in history in general. Ohio State's had a few bad years. Um, I just – I can't imagine a scenario in which Penn State wins this game. Because we, we've established this in the show before, in order to beat Ohio State, you have to do it in a shootout. The, the, the highest number of points Penn State has this season is 44, which came against Ball State. They couldn't even muster 40 points against Villanova. They got 38 in that game. It's 38 17 against Villanova at home. I, I just can't see Penn State out shooting Ohio State. And of course, there are concerns about Ohio State's defense. You know, the linebacking core is young, but they're, they're getting more experience, they're getting better week by week. I like the direction the secondary is going in. I'm just struggling. Patrick, help me out here, but what would it take for Penn State to win this game? Divine intervention. See, that's what I'm thinking, too. And I'm going to knock on the door right here. Winning this game. No. It. But I think maybe, maybe, just maybe, the rain will render Ohio State's passing game a little more ineffective. Uh, but it poured last week in Bloomington, and they still threw the ball. It didn't all over the place. pour. We talked. It didn't. Okay, it, it rained. It, it, was, rained. It, it rained. It rained. It was a significant a amount bit. of rain. Whatever. I digress. 
the amount of rain collected, you know, throughout the four hours of the game was significant, but there was, it was never, <clears throat> I don't think it affected the passing game too much. It was just spitting rain. And we don't know what the rain's going to be like in Columbus, but I think the, really the only way Penn State can win this game is maybe if the rain is so bad that CJ Stroud can't find a rhythm, maybe if there was a pick or two or a pick six, um, and Trayvon Henderson just isn't ready to take on the lion's share of, of the carries on this offense because, you know, he is the number one running back, but he's he's never been – the majority of the snaps are going to pass plays. So if the passing game isn't working, and you know, I was said it's to ride com- for like completely on running. That's the only way I can see the offense being shut down. Even then, though, I I just can't see a way – I mean, you look at the one game Ohio State lost this year, it was somewhat of a shootout against Oregon. you got to give Oregon's defense credit. They forced Ohio State and C.J. Stroud in some uncomfortable scenarios, and they were able to win this game. But that was still a high-scoring game when Oregon was just constantly beating Ohio State's defense down. I just I can't see the way Penn State does it, especially they had every opportunity to go light Illinois up and score 50 points last week, and they couldn't do it. I don't know how they're going to light the Ohio State defense up. I just realized. I was just about to say you're muted. I see you I just. I was like, yeah, that's that's this is gonna be an awkward five. Never mind. Five I was muted. Yes. Yeah. No. There's no way they win this game. Ohio State is so much better. And after what we saw from Illinois last week, uh, against I mean, Illinois, completely outplayed Penn State was the whistle. Illinois. You're telling me the next week the team is gonna turn around and go beat Ohio State on the road? Yeah. Go. Yeah. I'd I'd like to. So tell me that one pig's fine. I, I don't know. I was trying to think of a really good, you know, analogy for that, but I can't. Like a team, they lost to and, Illinois. And, and there's two schools of thought when you lose a game like that. To Illinois, Nuts. you can say on one hand, Illinois, Penn State's going to be completely deflated if they don't have a prayer. On the other hand, you can say, well, that's just going to motivate them. They're going to be hungrier for it. I, I don't think there are many coaches in the world who can take a loss like that and turn it into something that's going to make you just this different animal is going to beat the Goliath team. And if there are lots of coaches, I don't think James Franklin is one of them, especially no. when there's lots and lots of speculation about him it leaving is. Penn State. That's and going to USC or LSU. We have to, we can't talk about this game without talking about what we've heard from James Franklin this week. He's got a new agent, number one. Um, so one way or another, he's going to get paid this off season. Um, number two, you all heard the quote this week when he said, we're focused on Illinois uh, in that game in the big house. Yeah, you heard me right. Uh, if you didn't hear that somehow this week, he, instead of saying Ohio State and the shoe, he said Illinois and the big house. Hey, I'm still focused on that Illinois game too, man. That was a crazy one, but uh, you're not playing in the big house. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is intentional. Reed does think it's intentional. Reed, give me your theory. I think it was intentional. I know it was intentional. James Franklin knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> there is no way that he unintentionally said he's ready to play Illinois this week, the team he just faced in the big house. And he knows, I mean, he knows that Ohio State and Michigan are rivals. He knows that comparing the shoe to the big house is going to piss Ohio State off. And he knows exactly what he, he knows who he's playing. He's not, because first of all, I feel like as, as the head coach of a college football team, especially a team as big as, as Penn State, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're playing Ohio State or if you're playing Slippery Rock. You know who your opponent is next week. You, you have to be on top of your things. He, he always knows who his opponent is, especially if it's a game as big as Ohio State. And not, on, not only that, because if this was 
if this was Auburn or LSU or Oregon or whatever, they would be worried about the Ohio State game because it's Ohio State. It's a big national program, just like how you would be thinking about and, and trying to, to strategize a plan, a special plan to beat a team like Alabama or LSU, Georgia, Oregon, you know, Oklahoma, any of these teams. You would have to, to, to devise a special strategy to take down a team like that. So he knows exactly what he's going to go up against. And when you add on to the fact that he, he's talked about this before, he described – he said, Ohio State, he said, Penn State is great. Ohio State is elite. I believe he said that after um, the 2000s. It was either after the 2017 or the, or it, it was after one of the losses between 2017 and 2019. He talked about the difference between Penn State and Ohio State, how Ohio State is an elite program and Penn State is great and how they need to make that step from great to elite. Ohio State, James Franklin's only beaten Ohio State once. And there have been several instances where he should have beaten Ohio State and he made some poor mistakes his team screwed it up and it lost the game this man has nightmares he wakes up in in sweats uh he he, he had he wakes up in the middle of the night it's two in the morning and in and he is just thinking about the ohio state university because they terrorize this man he knows what he's going into this week he knows exactly what he's doing he's, he's trying to i don't even know what he's trying to do is he trying to rile away ohio state up i don't know why you would want to do that but this whole, oh, he doesn't realize he's playing Ohio State. He's too chill and nonchalant about it. That is just a load of baloney. That is nonsense. That is hogwash. That is – I don't even know what what else to describe that. That's, that's absolute hogwash. That is just a load of baloney. <laughs> well, see, it's a, it's a family show, you know. I, I don't know if it's a family it's, – it's a football show, but I don't want to swear on here. No, 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 But the, the way the way you said that, I think, is the funniest thing. You've... I think I at least I, I've talked to you about Alistair Johnson, the Johnston soccer player for National SC, who's always saying funny, uh, like forty-year-old isms like that. Philip Rivers isms, I would say, uh, or just like you know, elementary school teacherisms. Um, wow. how I find that hilarious. Maybe I'm I, I'm like I'm just like you, Alistair. I'm just a I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, you, but uh, yeah, that's nonsense. That that he, you know, he he has Blast. nightmares about Ohio State Blast. every single day. Blasphemous. That is blasphemous, Max Kellerman. <laughs> now, are you? I cannot believe in a million years that this Penn State team could go into Columbus and get the win. The week after losing. Hey, hey, Because um Stephen A, when he talks about college football, he's always wrong. He's always saying these outlandish things. Oh, okay. I will uh, I will skin a crocodile. I will skin an alligator and dress up in the alligator's skin if Florida even comes close to covering against Alabama. Then if Florida almost loses the game, he goes, It's <laughs> gonna be a massacre against Texas AM. Alabama's gonna run them out of the stadium. And AM wins the game. I don't want any sort of Stephen A nonsense influencing this Ohio State Penn State game. Get that out of here. Let me read Come on. I do not believe Max Kellerman in this Ohio State team. I think that they were a bunch of frauds. They lost to Oregon out of the Pac 12, the Pacific 12 conference. Max Kellerman. Now you, <laughs> you believe can go and win the national championship. Now, Steven, this, you're telling me that this Ohio State offense? I can't do a great Max Kellerman. That's actually pretty good. To our, to our you're telling me this isn't one of the most powerful offenses in the country? 
in the nation, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> now, I think what Stephen A. can't believe is that James Franklin doesn't know who he's playing this week. He knows what he he knows what this game is. He knows he knows what it means to Penn State fans. He obviously cares about Penn State, even if he may leave it. Um, Penn State is always going to have a special place in his heart. He knows that Penn State fans hate Ohio State more than any other team. And although it's it's not Ohio State's main rivalry, it's not even really a, much of a rivalry to us. The game means a lot. I mean, it still means a lot to me as an Ohio State fan and every Ohio State fan. It definitely means a lot to Penn State fans. Um, he knows the weight that this game carries. He knows how big of a game it is. He can't, you know, nonchalant his way out of this. He, he that. Because how could that's like that's like Ryan Day saying, "Oh, we're over oh, we Michigan this week." Oh, I didn't realize that. It's, it's stupid. It's just, he, he's not serious. He can't. No, I, I don't know. But thank you to everyone for humoring us with our little impressions. Uh, read one more thing. Do you think he takes the USC job? Um. I don't know if he takes USC job, but he takes a job, whether it's USC or LSU. He goes, he's going somewhere. There's no way he's staying at Penn State. I agree. He needs a fresh start. I think it'd be smarter for him to take USC because I initially said LSU, and then uh, you and another great journalist, Colin Wright, talked me out of it and was like, no, USC is totally the better bet. It's way, way easier to win the Pac-12 than it is the SEC, especially coming from the SEC West, and I completely agree. So I would say if I was him, I would be taking that USC job. I think it would also come down to whoever's giving you more money. I think both teams are going to give you a pretty generous offer. But uh, I think money talks in this situation. And, uh, yeah, but I think he's going somewhere. I don't think he's staying in Happy Valley much longer. I agree. A lot to keep an eye on, a lot to see. I'm taking, though, in this game, Ohio State 37-20. I am going to go with Ohio State – 45 Penn State 21. And those are our picks. That will do it for this week's episode of the First and Ten Podcast, except for our trivia questions. Read. Number one. I'll give you the first one. Nar went to Buffalo Wild Wings and Ohio State won. Number did. Two. Right, right behind St. John Arena. We drove by it today in Columbus. My dad pointed because there's the B dubs that uh Nar went to during the Penn State Ohio State game. Um, and that gave me a good chuckle. Nar, if you're listening to this, um, don't leave your living room or wherever you're watching this game. Or actually, maybe do leave your living room for a different location. Uh, things aren't going the right way. Maybe head to your to your to whatever the closest Buffalo Wild Wings is to you in Dallas. Find your local Dallas B-Dubs location and get yourself some wings and beer because uh, we'll need it. All right, hopefully, we won't need it. But second trivia question: the worst the the worst beating the the most outlandish scoreline in the Michigan Michigan State history uh Michigan in the history of the Michigan Michigan State rivalry came in 1902 when the Wolverines defeated the Spartans 119 to 0 that is a tail whooping for the ages tail whooping for the ages indeed and that will do it for the first and 10 podcast this week Reed, we will catch up soon. We will see you next time on the first and ten. Hopefully, I I have to say, obviously, I'm in Columbus. I'm here for the Ohio State Penn State game. Hopefully, I'll be able to get some video content from before the game inside the stadium. I probably won't be able to post from inside the stadium because there's a hundred thousand people in here, you know, using their phones. The service is not great in there. 
but hopefully I'll get some good video content and photo content from inside the stadium that we can post on our Instagram. We also haven't really posted much from the Indiana game. I got some good photos from up there. I'm sure you have some great photos from on the field. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll get a nice Instagram post out for that too, but be on the lookout for some fun, exciting in-stadium first and 10 content. Should be good. Folks, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye.